Hey guys, this is John Karabi from the Dead Daisies, and you are listening to Rock at Night. Pay attention. I actually saw the Dead Daisies at Ruth Eckerd Hall in Clearwater last year. I think it was August. Yes, with White Snake. Yep. And uh, that's uh, when I basic, well, about, actually about a year ago, that's when I discovered you guys and fell in love with your band. <laughs> that's cool. Thank you. And as soon as I heard the song Mexico, I really wanted to hear the rest of the album. I bought it. Saw you guys over at Ruth Eckerd Hall, and I've been a fan ever since. That's cool, man. Thank you. Yeah, and I've been following you guys around the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know of any other bands that travel as much as you guys. Yeah, it's been a kind of a whirlwind, man. It's been it's been pretty crazy because I was only in the band in August. Um, I started with them, I mean, really started with them probably in March. So we did that record, and then we immediately went on tour with Kiss. Like, by the time you saw us, we had already gone on tour with Kiss, uh, did all of Europe, and then we were doing the White Snake tour, and then we immediately went right back with Kiss again and did Australia and the Kiss Cruise and a bunch of different things. So it's been crazy. It's been hectic. Totally crazy, and you have a solo career too. Because I, I think, uh, well, we have mutual friends, Cougarin up in Michigan. Didn't you play at the Token Lounge up there? Or yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've been following you. I don't want to be like stalker girl, but <laughs> I, I follow the bands, you know, where they're to see what they're up to. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your last album, but mostly about your new one, which I have listened to. And uh, I really do like. Uh, That's cool. So we'll we'll talk about that. But since I'm interested in your travels, uh, Cuba. What what was the highlight of Cuba? I mean, that's one place that a lot of people never get to go to. Well, hopefully now that the sanctions are lifted from America, you know what I mean. More people will be able to go there, and you know. But I got to tell you that the. the the entire trip was a highlight. Like, the weather was beautiful. The people were amazing. They were so happy to see us. The fans that are there, like, obviously, most American bands, um, I don't think they've had many rock bands there at all, to be honest with you. It's, and, it's um, true. <laughs> but it's funny, like, the fans just showed up with injuries with like Led Zeppelin shirts and Motorhead shirts and Guns N' Roses shirts and um, and it was just it was amazing the whole thing was amazing the food the music culture that's there is off the charts and like I said just the fans were just so grateful that we came um, it was it was amazing where I actually you know our manager was just saying like I'd really love to get you guys to go back there again so 
working on it. I'm usually the last person to find out what's going on with the band. <laughs> so, um, you know, but I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't complain if we did go back there. I, I saw a video of uh, you guys playing with some local uh, musicians, and I'm sure they really, really enjoyed that experience. Well, we did too. It was the talent that's there is just amazing because most of America will never, they'll never know. Mm -hmm. I mean, or they'll never hear it. But we went to a school and the school that we were at was ridiculous. I, I'm, you know, it was like this institute where they teach kids how to read music, play music, like all different forms. And, you know, we sat down and we watched these four kids on cellos do this arrangement of a Metallica song that was brilliant. Wow. And then then we got into this other room. They brought all the kids together, and we just they wanted to ask us questions. And, you know, so we were talking to them about that. And then Marco, our bass player, who's just pretty much an encyclopedia of music, the guy can literally play anything. Um, and he sat in with some of these kids, and they just did this incredible impromptu like funk jazz it, it was just amazing r&b thing salsa and uh it it was it was truly incredible so it was amazing man it's 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 a great country and i'm, I'm really hoping that you know to some degree some of you know the american economy can get in there and help bolster their economy a bit but I'm really hoping that it doesn't change uh, too much. You know what I mean? Like with become commercial. Starbucks. You don't want to become yeah. You know, with yeah. Starbucks and McDonald's exactly. and all that other kind of stuff, because it's just it's just such an untouched little pearl. You know what I mean? It's it's pretty cool. Uh, in Tampa, they're supposed to start having flights to Cuba. Well, they already do. I think from Miami. Uh, there's Cuban air that goes out of Miami because I just have a friend. I live in Nashville, and I have a friend that's a mm -hmm. photographer, and he went down there for like three weeks, and he, he just filmed all this stuff for a newspaper. He was freelancing, mm -hmm. and he said, I just flew to Miami, and then I got a direct flight from Miami to Havana. It was like, it's like 20 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? 30 mm -hmm. minutes. It's 90 miles. It's close. Um, <laughs> so by the time you get up, you're coming down, you know, but... um even he was saying, and, and, and it's really funny because it's like they don't make the kind of money that we make, but they don't, they don't need to. It's just like, like for the locals, like just all these things are free for them, like their medical, their food, you know what I mean? Like all this stuff, like um, schools, everything is free. And it's funny because I think CNN or one of the, one of the news networks, is actually doing a, uh, a, not a documentary, but a, a story on Cuba. And it says, it, it basically, they've, they've been running it for the last week up over here. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Cuba, it's, you know, it's uh, in, all, in all aspects, it's, it's kind of a third world country, but they have one of the strongest healthcare systems on earth. And it's just, it's mind-boggling, you know what I mean? Not that I obviously 
want to, you know, wave a communist flag or anything like that, but it's just, uh, it, it's, it, it was just really, really awesome trip. It kind of made you look and think about a lot of things and priorities, and I don't know, it was pretty cool. Well, that's what uh, inspired your revolution, correct? That's when you guys wrote it. Uh, you know what? You just completely cut out, and I just heard. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I thought I, I thought the phone did cut out. Uh, I said your trip to Cuba inspired Revolution. Correct? Can you hear me? Oh, the artwork. The artwork. Oh, just the uh, artwork, not the actual album. Well, we did a couple of tracks while we were down there. Uh, we did Midnight Moses and Evil while we were there. And um, we did have a couple musicians play on those tracks with us, but it was just weird. Like the the, the the album title came from the fact that like there's still all these things like painted on the wall, and you know, it's just been there for 50 years. You know what I mean? And, and it just says "Viva la Revolution." Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the so everywhere you saw that word. And um, uh, okay, uh, since we don't have a lot of time. Um... God, and I have like a slew of things I wish I could sit down with you and talk about, but I guess we could talk about Make Some Noise. Uh, You have a new lineup now. Did the new lineup help create the album? Um, I think to a degree it did. I mean, Doug came into the thing. um, Obviously, if you saw us last year, we had Richard and Dizzy. Yeah. Um, But, you know, obviously if you follow the bands or whatever, you know that Richard and Dizzy went back Guns and Roses. Exactly, they're on tour now. So. Reunion tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so we brought Doug Aldridge into the fold, and he's an amazing guitar player and songwriter. But I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that we didn't add any keyboards on this record. Um, we didn't replace Dizzy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just overall, it gave it a bit of a maybe a, just a bit of an, a little more of an aggressive edge. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, I listen to every song, and uh, I even like the covers, Fortunate Son, and I am so happy you did Join Together. That's one of my all-time uh, Who songs. That's my all-time favorite as well. So. And, and, you, and you got the harp going on and the, the voice box, and we the whole did deal. a little bit. We didn't do anything crazy with it. You know, we wanted to be able to reproduce it live. And we've been actually playing it in our set over here, and it really goes over great. It's it's awesome. It, so we're very pleased with it. Uh, it's just I I hadn't heard it in a long time, and I thought, my God, I I've always loved this song, and I'm so happy you did it. And uh, even fortunate son, I I feel it's that's a timeless peace especially in today's uh, society well with everything going on today and in, in the news and you know there's that but you know just the fact too that you know last year we were kind of playing it last year as an encore song um when you saw us we obviously weren't doing encores because we were opening for somebody but for white snake um, yeah mm-hmm. yeah but we literally did it all through europe we did it in russia we did it in israel and it was funny, man. We're sitting there going, you know, it's really weird. Everybody, they know every fucking word to this they song. They do. They do. <laughs> so we're, we, you know, we kind of were hinting that we might, you know, hey, when we do our next record, we should record this. And then, um, but I think the guys, you know, like the last record, we had two covers. Um, 
and it's just kind of a theme that we do. We try to pick like two covers that we we just dig and and throw them on the records and and you know go from there. Hope that uh you know hope that it works with everybody. But um you know it, it's just kind of our tip of a hat to the hero our heroes um, that we've all grown up listening to, and it just kind of shows that we're not just you know, what some people call it a super group or rock stars or whatever term you want to use for us. But at the end of the day, we're just music fans as well. So it's a tip of the hat. What I like about the songs that you do and that your sound is you've really captured the classic rock feel. I mean, a lot of your music sounds like it could have been written in the day. I don't know how you do it. Is it because you grew up? All of you guys grew up during that period? You were influenced by the band? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, you know, at the end of the day, we're all, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, we're all, you know, we're all been doing this for, or we've all been doing this for, you know, 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's weird when you put all of us together, we're, we're still music fans, you know what I mean? It's, it's weird, like all, you know, all the time we're constantly exchanging YouTube links. Oh, dude, you got to see this. It's a rare Grand Funk Railroad concert from <laughs> blah, 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 you know, and so we're constantly, you know, doing that or on our phones checking out new, like, n- not new, but like finding these little gems that we didn't know were, were out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so it, it's just honestly... Like the, a lot of people say, well, what can we expect from the Daisies? And at the end of the day, we're just, you know, we don't look at ourselves as a super group. Like I said earlier, we're fans of music. Mm-hmm. Um, we're huge music fans, and we just all grew up listening to the Beatles and Zeppelin and Aerosmith and just all these great, great legendary 70s Hall of Fame bands. And, you know, we just get in a room other and it just somehow happens you know i can't fully explain it but it just it just happens so the chemistry um, i can hear the chemistry and that's what i when i know a good song or a well-written song i know the members really mesh well together well and it was it was also it was also a very cool thing having marty frederickson involved as well um he produced it correct yes Mm -hmm. and if you follow marty you know, you'll you'll look into Marty's career. He's produced bands like Brother Kane. He's done uh, Def Leppard, several, right? several several Aerosmith records. Mm-hmm. Def Leppard, mm-hmm. Motley Crue, Ozzy. Um, he's either written or produced a lot of these acts. And um, so, when we were looking for somebody, we were looking for somebody that would have, you know, fresh ears, fresh eyes, and you know kind of help if need be um and it was great having him there you know because he's he's very easy to work with very mellow kind of like this laid-back hippie dude kind of reminds you of like shaggy from scooby-doo a little bit (laughs) and uh he's just really laid back and you know does his thing he he can get his point across without being part of my french and asshole Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and he just comes in and he goes well hey you know hey, man, why don't you try this? And, you know, and it's just having that other person just sit there and go, oh, yeah, like, God, 
God, I would have never thought of that. Exactly. You know, so he uh, he actually helped me, uh, you know, fine tune a lot of the lyrics. There was, um, which is another great thing. Like, I live in Nashville, so once the guys were done, a majority of the record, I I kind of got to hang with Marty by myself and just really tweak all the lyrics and make sure they were great and the melodies and, and then we just went for it. So um, it was it was a it was a great team and I'm hoping that we can, you know, continue this this same team for a while. Do you have a favorite on the album? Song? Favorite song? Yeah, there's you know it's it's so hard like cuz today it'll be one thing and tomorrow it'll be something completely different but <laughs> I think the ones that I lean towards, I would probably have to say, would be uh, I Love We All Fall Down. Um, I Love Last Time I Saw the Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, All the Same I Like. Um, I Do Love Long Way to Go. Mm-hmm. And Mainline. I think those are. Ooh, thunder here. <laughs> is that thunder that's thunder yeah it's florida i'll tell you which songs i really like uh long way to go definitely a great hard driving song and i think the lyrics the message behind it is so pertinent today you know it's weird like a lot of people ask me about the lyrics and uh, you know personally i just kind of i can't help but but see things and hear things that, you know, are frustrating or sad or make me angry or, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I, I tend, I try to not repeat myself, at least on each record. And, you know, so there's a couple songs on there about girls and there's mm-hmm. a couple of songs on there just about life on the road. And then there's but, you know, there's this, you can't help but not draw from the fact that we're being bombarded, um, you know, to some degree on the news every day. And, um, you know, so it just kind of, you know, David actually came up with the title. And I thought he was talking about the fact that we usually only take about a month to to do a record like so the even the last record the last record and this record we had nothing we sat down we wrote everything recorded it mixed it and mastered it in about 30 30 to 35 days wow yeah i wondered when you squeezed it in because you guys tour constantly yeah we we started in january we were done at the end of february we started in january we started writing january 26th and we were done by the end of February. Wow, that's that's super quick. Yeah, and that's how we did the last one. We started the last one, Revolution, last uh, March 10th, and I flew home from Sydney, Australia, April 11th. So um, it, it, it's just the way we work. So I was talking to David. I'm like, man, I'm just you know trying to wrap my head around this one song. And he was doing the guitars for it, and I go, how's it going, you know? And he goes, well, long way to go, not a lot of time to get there, no time to get there. And I thought he was referring to the fact that he was doing his guitar tracks and we had to have this record done in a month, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. You didn't... It, it, just, it just kind of popped and a light bulb went off, and then 
you know, once the guitar tracks were done, you know, Marty and I just sat down and talked, and he's like, what are you trying to say here? And I'm like, well, just watch the news, you know what I mean? And we just sat down, and we we just kind of hammered it home, and it was, it was it's pretty awesome. I dig, I dig, and we've been getting a great response from that one as well. So that I, that one is that one is definitely a winner. I other songs I really like. Last time I saw the sun, I loved. You know why? It makes me think of the faces, the harmonies that you guys do. Yeah, I have a. I'm a huge faces, even small faces fan. I. I was a teen back in the 70s, so I grew up with all that stuff. But very cool vibe to it. The harmonies is kind of a blues. It's funny, rock. like that's the first time I've heard the bass. Everybody, everybody usually says Aerosmith. You know what I mean? Oh well, but, a couple of the songs are like Aerosmith. I think like Long Way to Go. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought of maybe because I'm older than maybe some of the people that that you talk to. I think of, I go back in time, I think the faces for last time That's I cool. saw the sun. And, you know, I, like I said, I was, well, there, I was a humble pie another fan. another huge influence for me anyway. I love Rod Stewart and I love all that stuff. So um, we actually do an acoustic set and uh, on occasion we'll throw in Maggie May. So it's oh, I love cool. that. I love every, uh, every picture tells a story. I mean, actually that whole, that song and that whole album is like one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I do. I love the harmonies that you guys do. You know, like during the chorus or whatever, you'll you'll pipe in there, and that's classic '70s sound with the harmonies. Well, great. that's Marco. I mean, it's great. Marco Mendoza is such a great singer. He sings. Marco and I do. I mean, I do all of the lead vocals, but Marco and I are singing quite a bit, a lot together like in harmonies and different things like that um you know and even on the last record it was it was like me marco and dizzy mainly um you know but it's it's uh it's pretty cool you know what i mean i i love being able because there's a lot of times like you'll hear something you go man i think this is a great melody but for some reason i'm laying it down right now and it doesn't sound the way i thought it would yeah you need to flesh it out with harmonies it's like well, marco it will go let me hold on a minute he goes don't get you know let me let me try something and he'll throw a harmony on and i'm like that's it mm-hmm. it now you know what i mean it sounds awesome now so like the song how does it feel great harmonies there and freedom you know it, i i noticed the harmonies in that it, it yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds it's it's the way they used to do it you know, with real singers and not, you know, equipment that does the harmonies today. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's funny, too, because the other thing that we do, like, for the main rhythm tracks is we actually set up in a room. Brian has his drums set up in the room, and all the amps are in different rooms, but all of us sit in the room with Brian. You know, except for me, because I'm singing. They don't want to record my voice on his drum tracks. But um, we, it's it's all recorded kind of live. You know what I mean? That gives and it then, a fresh feel. Yeah. yeah, it's just lay the rhythm tracks down live. And then, you know, Doug will go in and, you know, there might be a guitar overdub here and there. You know what I mean? But it's it's all pretty much anything you hear on the record. We're pretty much 
able to reproduce it live, you know what I mean? Well, I've heard you live, and, it, and your albums do sound as good live as they do on the album. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's the same energy uh, that's there. Uh, another song I really like, Mainline, that's really good hard driving, really good fast song. I love that, too. Um, good mix. Good mix. I think you, you guys are going to do really well with this album. I hope so, from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> well, hopefully. I, your last album, the song that really touches my heart whenever I hear it, I have to kind of stop in my tracks, is Sleep. Oh, okay. It's really a really nice ballad. I was kind of bummed out that that one didn't do better. Like, it was just kind of this song that was just there and it, it got overlooked. And I think it's for me, it's a standout. Maybe I don't know. And it's weird because I kind of had the song and I was going to put it on one of my solo records. And and then, you know, I played it for the guys and they were like, no, it's a great song. Let's do it. You know, and so a friend friend of mine, Matt Farley in in, uh, Nashville, Matt and I wrote it. and, And I just loved the song. And, you know, I added some stuff to it on the end like a bigger grand finale mm-hmm. thing, you know. But it was just weird. Like, we played it live a couple of times acoustically. And I don't know if people kind of got it. You know what I mean? It was just weird. So I, I think it's the it crowd. Just, the crowd. They're there for metal or whatever, hard rock. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was just very weird to me. And it was a little, I was a little disappointed by it because I loved that song me too and i was just sitting there listening uh, you know like we did it a couple times during acoustic sets and it just it just kind of plodded along and everybody was like oh okay whatever ballad uh, you know and then even on the record i thought for sure like somebody's gonna and it just kind of was one of those songs that everybody just overlooked and brushed over for mexico or Mm-hmm. you know one one of the other songs and I'm just like man that sucks I really thought that that one would have been a great great tune and when people even talk about the last record they rarely mention that song it's just there so no me I well you know a 80s 70s 80s girl the the ballads the anthem songs were huge right you know when you when you go back and when I heard that I thought wow this really feels familiar it feels I really liked it, and yeah, yeah I mean, it, it touched me, so. You know, it's funny, sometimes my wife tells me, like, she goes, because she just actually saw a live thing that we did, um, like on Facebook Live, we did a radio broadcast, like we were doing a radio interview in Ireland, mm-hmm. and she goes, you know, it's really weird, she goes, I, I, like, I, for the first time, I actually heard what you're singing in Long Way to Go. And she goes, oh, my God, like, those lyrics are awesome. Like, they're just so thought-provoking with everything that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And But she's told me in the past, she goes, you know what, honey? She goes, I, like, I think you need to sometimes dumb it down. <laughs> you need to dumb it down. And I just think, like, lyrically, you know, um, bleep. Tend to go over some people's 
head. Like, she's like, well, what is, what, what are you trying to say? And I'm like, it's just life. It's just about all the things going on in your head and thinking about, you know, a, you know, a relationship and you're thinking about all the things that you could have said, should have said, done, what, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're just whatever. And, um, it's, you know, she's like, wow, you know, it's, it's really cool. It's a great song. She loves that one too, but she's like, God, I, you know, <laughs> maybe sometimes you just have to dumb it down a little bit, but I'm like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm fine with it too. I just don't know how I would have made it any simpler. You know what I mean? Well, you've got the chorus, one step forward, two steps back, nobody to blame. I mean, to me, it's pretty direct. I don't think you can. Well, she was talking about sleep, though. You know oh, what I mean? Sleep. I thought you're talking. I thought we we're talking about long way to go. Oh, we we kind of are, but she was more referring to the song "Sleep." But she did say she did say too, like like that one. She goes, "I finally totally understood every word that you said because it was in an acoustic setting." And she goes, "Those lyrics are insane. Like it's they're just great." So. Mm -hmm. I was very pleased. Well, I, I think you guys are going to do really well. Uh, we'll go ahead and, up, I mean, since I pretty much listened to the album, I might as well write a review because I took notes on every song. I listen with the headphones. I'm old school to songs. Well, you're going to love the fact, you're going to love the fact that we did the record in vinyl as well. So. Yeah, because I, I just noticed, I mean, you guys are on the road constantly. And because of that, you really have a unique perspective from a cultural standpoint and from even current events, politics. I, I saw that you guys played in Paris shortly after the big uh, massacre last year. Yes. I mean, that must and have been. Tell me about that. Just, just did an interview, one of the ones after I talked to you and before I called you back. Mm hmm one of the guys asked me about that, and I said, you know, it was crazy, but when we showed up, we showed up a week, about a week later, I mean, and you gotta remember too, like right after Paris, we went to Brussels. Oh, Jesus. And That's... there was a lot of crazy stuff going on exactly. there too. yeah. But uh, it was weird, like, we got to Paris, and we did our, our own show, and it was amazing. It was completely sold out. The audience was, beyond responsive and happy and waving your hands and crying and singing and wow it was amazing and then i was telling this guy uh just a couple of interviews ago i said about two weeks after we got uh, two weeks after we played in paris i got an email from this guy that was at the show and he just went on and on and on about how we were his heroes and he was so grateful that we came and we played for the people of Paris. And and he just wrote in giant capital letters, he goes, because we needed that. Wow. And it was very touching. But the part that was even crazier is that he kept going in the letter and then wound up telling me that he was one of the hostages oh my God. in the club that night. Oh, my God. Wow. And, and then I wrote him a letter back, and I'm like, dude, we are not, pardon my French, I go, we are not fucking heroes. You are. The yeah. fact that you were able to come to another rock show after what you experienced the week before is unbelievable yeah. to me. 
With and I, I will never forget it. Wow. I, so. Yeah. I'd have PTSD up the yin yang. I mean, here we just had the, well, Orlando, you know, that's not far from me. We just had, I know. I mean, it's, it's getting to be crazy. Uh, you know, I, I photograph concerts. I was at one last night, Snoop Dogg last night. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in concerts all the time, and I always look for exit signs. Well, and, and i got to be honest with you. If I didn't sit here and tell you that I'm aware of everything now that's going on in the room, like I'm on stage, I'm doing my thing, but I'm still looking around the room. Yeah. Um, I know what's going on. I think it's everybody has to be now, but it, you know what? This is this is just something that it, somehow the world, you know, is going to have. I don't know how they're going to figure it out. I don't have the answers, but they got to figure it out. And the one thing that I think, without getting too political, is that all of these countries now need to start sharing and a little more. I think that we're beginning to learn that as united as we all say we are, we're not. And I, I think that I think that um, we all need to start sharing with other countries. But America, without again being political, mm -hmm. America needs to start sharing within itself. And when you have agencies like the CIA and each local police department and then the FBI and then all these Homeland Security and all these different cats are all trying to do a job, but none of them are talking to each other. Mm, good point. Um, that's where you got to go. And I find it amazing that that I'm not even going to name him by name because he doesn't deserve it. But the piece of shit that went into that club in Orlando I find it really, truly amazing that um, he, A, worked for Homeland Security. He was, like, how the guy got a job for Homeland Security after being vetted twice by the FBI. And they said they couldn't find anything on him. Yet, three hours after that whole thing happened, every major news network, whether you looked at Fox, CNN, MSNBC, mm -hmm. BBC, whatever, they were sitting there telling you some of the crazy shit this guy did in third grade. I know. He should have been on the radar a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, how is it possible? And I don't really care, again, about political whatever, because everybody, anybody in America knows that CNN leans towards the Democrats, Fox leans towards the Republicans, mm -hmm. whatever. There's definitely bias, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like every one of them, Every one of them, within hours, like, I went to bed, I saw that, when I went to sleep, I got up the next morning, and every one of them was saying, well, he punched a girl in third grade, when he was in, a, you know, he tried to be a cop, and he went to the academy, and he turned to his partner, and he said, what would you do if I brought in a gun and just started killing people, blah, 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 and they threw him out of the academy, and he still somehow managed to get a job with Homeland Security and vetted twice by the FBI, and nobody caught a thing. But every major news network was able to figure it out. In two seconds, yeah. It, within yeah. three hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got a couple more questions, yeah. I, I can knock them out for you. Okay, I was, 
I was uh, interested in a little bit more about your, your traveling. Uh, since it is grueling, uh, what do you do to, to keep healthy? I mean, I, I've seen your schedule. It's really, it's ridiculously heavy. <laughs> well, it's been a little difficult for me because, um, you know, obviously being the singer, you know, I, I, I wind up doing a majority of the interviews. So right now there's a gym down the hall and a couple of guys are down there on the treadmill and stuff like that, you know, and um, depending on what time we have to leave in the morning, I'm, I'm going to try and get up and, and walk for a little bit. I do try to eat reasonably healthy. Um, you know, I, I, I have a little regimen that works for me. It's been a little tough on this run because obviously we're doing all the press and the setup for the, you know, the record coming out. Mm -hmm. And I think once it does come out, um, there will be a few, I think the interviews will die down a bit. Um, you know, but just touring, I mean, the whole thing, like, um, you know, last night we were on stage for hour and a half and you get off stage and you're just, you know, I guess to some degree it's, it's gotta be some sort of a cardio workout. You know what I mean? You're just completely drenched and, you know, me, I, I kind of, I, I know I don't sing properly. <laughs> so when I get done, like, the, you know, all the muscles in my shoulders, my back, my stomach, my neck, like, I'm just sore. Wow. So, um. Yeah. It, well, and, and that was my other question. I mean, your voice must go through the ringer when you're doing this night after night. Well, and it's just weird, you know, but the hardest part for me is, it's not the singing. Um, it's all the other stuff that you wind up doing. It's more the um, getting up at 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning and having to wake your voice up and go sing something at, on a radio station at mm. 8 or 9 in the morning or a TV show or, you know, or even just the talking. Like, talking on a phone or talking is probably more taxing than the actual singing part. You know what I mean? Um, so you just have to learn to pace yourself and figure it out. <clears throat> you know, um, I don't drink before I go on stage at all. I might have a glass of wine or something or a cocktail mm -hmm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I just don't overdo anything. Like, I've never really taken drugs. Um, you know, uh, just never had any desire for it. I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. So I just kind of figured out over the years how to pace myself, make sure that I get seven or eight hours sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and then if I don't, I've kind of figured out, like, you know, I've kind of taught myself how to, like, literally lean against the wall and stand up and sleep if I need to. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you just kind of figure it out as you go, and you figure out what works for you and, you know, there's some people that are, you know, <clears throat> they're like, uh, they don't smoke, they don't drink, they don't, they don't do anything. You know what I mean? Um, to the point where um, they're just really, really baby themselves, and they'll look at me and are like, "Dude, like, I seriously, I can't believe you smoke cigarettes and mm -hmm. cold diet coke on stage. Like, you're supposed to have hot tea." And I'm like, "I don't." 
I do have hot tea. I drink it all day long, and mm. I drink it after I get done. But I, on stage, I just like cold water and or Diet Coke. I, you know, I don't know why. You're listening to Rock at Night. Thanks for the intro melody. It's called Get On Down by Billy Bass Alford. Thanks.